0: Coming to you from fabulous Las Vegas. The right side is the winning side.
1: The late move is the correct move.
0: Sports betting capital of the world. We all know when a sharp like me weighs in, the lines move. It's a party for your ears.
1: (laughs) This is The Buffet with Chad and Scooch. I want to buy that guy a buffet.
0: And welcome to The Buffet with Chad and Scooch. Scooch is back on the show after many, many weeks off, basically because, like, you know, he takes the summer off. He doesn't really do anything. He just lives in his Italian villa and relaxes and everybody else does the work. And Scooch just smokes his cigars and drinks his port and watches movies in his massive courtyard in the center of his house. But today he's going to join me. Scooch, as everybody knows, is the bookmaker for the Orleans and all the Boyd Gaming books in the state of Nevada later on in the show. Summer League is a massive, massive topic this year in sports. I would say after the World Cup, people are talking more about Summer League as it comes out of free agency than they are talking about Major League Baseball or anything else. Certainly we're seeing that at – at the Action Network this year, like the amount of attention people are paying to Summer League from a betting perspective, just from a traffic perspective, from a watching it, excitement about the players, um, that's been great. So later on in the show, Tom Tolbert, longtime NBA player, longtime friend of the podcast, longtime better, host of his own afternoon radio show on KNBR in San Francisco. He's going to join. We're going to talk about how you manage— to love the NBA and bet on summer league. And what does it mean for the world when that's happening? Cause we love it. It's been fantastic. Fantastic. Bob Scucci. Join me Dad. on the show.
1: Hey, I, you know, I wish I could say that I've been, you know, enjoying this summer, you know, smoking my cigars and drinking my ports and everything. This, this summer has been one of the busiest uh, we've ever had. And with, with the uh, su- Supreme court ruling, uh, a couple of months ago. So uh, I, I, it's anything but relaxing this this year.
0: What does it mean for you? What have you been doing?
1: Uh, traveling around to a lot of our jurisdictions in, in preparation for um, uh, sports wagering in, in other states and meeting with regulators and uh, meeting with uh, uh, a lot of our folks that run the properties in, in our other states and uh, kind of preparing the roadmap and uh, uh, working with uh, different systems that that can apply to you know different states and different structures. So it's been a whole new addition to uh, you know my normal job description.
0: Which states is Boyd Gaming going to be able to activate sports betting in come the fall?
1: Uh, well, we hope to have Mississippi uh, up. Pretty shortly, definitely before football season. So uh, I, w- I would say I would say Mississippi is the first one to go.
0: Some people have said Mississippi is going to be the sports betting capital of the country at some point in the near future. What is your perception? What is your comment on that, Mr. Scucci?
1: <laughs> I still, Vegas is still going to be the the, the, the capital. Uh, Mississippi is going to be a nice market, uh, especially uh, uh, down south in, in in that Biloxi region. Uh, so, uh, it, it's going to be a real, real nice, strong market, but I still, Vegas is going to remain the capital.
0: Ooh, look at you. You are defending your turf.
1: Yeah, damn right.
0: <laughs> what would you say right now? What would you say? Uh, I want to talk about summer leagues. I'm just fascinated by summer league and you guys are taking action on this right now. Mm-hmm. Um, name for me in order of action so far this summer S- summer league world cup mlb golf tennis
1: in in order so yeah. it's a, it's it's a little unfair mlb is still tops only because there are so many games so you know if you're just looking at overall handle then obviously uh, mlb will be at the top but world cup is just right there and just think that there's all just a few games compared to the entire Major League Baseball schedule. Just those few games can rival what we do, um, you know, the entire day with with Major League Baseball. So World World Cup is huge, uh, and this summer it's just been fantastic. The action that we've had, uh, a lot of the games went our way. We got a we got a lot of draws after ninety after regulation. So the the draws are always good for us. Uh, so we we got a lot of those. Um, so world cup has just been tremendous and, uh, I would put it up right on par with MLB. Um, next I would probably say is I, I would put uh, summer league right behind that pretty, pretty close with, uh, with golf and tennis, but, but summer league is it's popular. I, I mean, I, it's something pretty new for, for the betters, uh, uh, in the summer. I mean, just a few years ago, we didn't even book it. So, um, It's just another added item to the the vast sports betting menu uh, that we all have now.
0: You might say you've added it to the buffet.
1: (laughs) Very good. Yeah, yeah, we added it right to the end of the line there.
0: Speaking of which, uh, go to the buffet page in iTunes, rate the podcast, review the podcast, send us your comments. Um, I want you to unsubscribe to this podcast, and then I want you to resubscribe to this podcast. Because that is what matters most in the iTunes charts. Scooch, let me run a scenario by you. Okay, you ready? Yeah. I have two sons, uh, 14 and 11, neither of whom like sports very much at all. But the 11-year-old, this summer, for some reason, has gotten into the World Cup. And he's been wanting to watch it. And he's been wanting to talk about it. And so we watched uh, England um, beat Sweden last weekend. He was freaking out, thought it was the greatest thing in the world. Yesterday, he uh, we're recording this on, on Wednesday afternoon before England plays Croatia. Uh, and yesterday, we were texting each other the whole time. I was at work about France and, and Belgium. We were on Belgium. The night before that match, I said to him, do you want to make a bet on this match? And he's like, Okay. So, uh, I went to my, uh, bookmaking app and I put in a $50 bet on France. Uh, I think they were like plus 110 or something to be Belgium. We won. So yesterday, uh, last night I'm in the city. I'm I'm not at home this week. I'm texting with my son. I'm like, how great was that match? And, uh, I wrote, we won. We're going to the finals. Viva la France. And all he texted back was we won 50 bucks. (laughs)
1: Well, you're molding him real young to be a a sports bettor, aren't you? I thought it was very on brand,
0: right? And so then this morning, uh, I'm in the city. I FaceTime him. We're talking. And I say to him, uh, we got England and um, Croatia today. What do you think? He goes, well, I really want England to win. Uh, But uh, Croatia beat the rigged Russians
1: oh my god
0: (laughs) like who is this kid
1: that's 11 years old
0: where does he get like the? why is he so street savvy all of a sudden so i say to him do you want to bet and he goes yeah but i think we should bet less and i'm thinking to myself this kid is a bank role management natural
1: (laughs) He wants to keep some of the winnings, right? He doesn't want to throw it all back. He's like, he doesn't
0: feel that good about it. He doesn't feel as good about this as he did about France-Belgium. We both believe France is going to win the World Cup. I actually said it on ActionNetwork.com before the tournament began that I believe France would win the World Cup. So I'm looking a little bit like a genius right now. But uh, I have two questions for you. One, is my kid not a
1: genius? He's a natural.
0: Two, do you think I'm making a mistake by... uh, indoctrinating him so early what are the uh pitfalls what are the benefits Uh,
1: well the benefits is that he's uh he's going to be well versed uh you know he's going to have that street sense that street smarts uh from an from an early age a lot of people go their whole lives and never really acquire that so that's the benefit the drawback is is he may not be able to contain it at some point in his life and it may it, it 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 consumes some people and it, you know, that could be good or bad, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I was indoctrinated at a young age myself and I I think it worked out.
0: <laughs> well, you're living in the life of luxury, so it has worked out, but I do worry
1: yeah. about it a little bit. Like
0: I agree. I like, I, I like the idea that my kid is learning early about sort of risk and analysis and, um, sort of uh, those particular things, right? Like that's what life is. Life is about making calculated risks in every decision uh, that you make. And so I like the idea that we're talking about it and that he gets it. And I like that he immediately got like, we don't feel as good about England and Croatia as we did about France and Belgium. So I like that he instinctively knew we were gonna bet less.
1: He has that um, control. He's not. Yeah. He's not looking to throw it all back. I, I, I like, do like. I like
0: that, that. He's not like. He's not chasing. He's not thinking yep. like, I'm all in. Um, well, you have thinking. to wait
1: till you have to wait till he loses though to see if he's a chaser.
0: Right. <laughs> you're right. You're right. So, um, but should I even have but, been allowing him to do this?
1: Oh sure, sure. I mean, you know, you're not gonna. You're not gonna. Uh, turn him into uh, you know a compulsive gambler I don't think I mean but but I I think it's exciting to have that element uh, involved in the sport as I mean, I mean we've all seen how having something at stake in the game draws you closer to to the match and gives it that extra added interest I, I mean there's something about the money element that adds a whole new dimension you know I I'm That's looking back Back on on Saturday's game between between Russia and Croatia, everybody had uh, uh, Russia in that match, and the the draw was going to be real big for the house. And we had the separate bet on who's the team to advance, but you know the main bet, the, the most money that everybody in the room bet, was, was on Russia. So the the yelling and the screaming, the crowd is roaring, uh, you know, on 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 every kind of movement. And at the end of regulation, when it was tied, there was the entire room deflated. And it really didn't matter after the, the yelling and the, the screaming stopped. And and when Croatia finally uh, won it on the on penalty kicks, there was no roar of the crowd. Everything died down because all the money was already lost at that point. So you knew it wasn't so much that people were just so into Russia and Croatia as as a sporting event. They wanted to win money on that match. And once the money was lost, it's like, all right, we'll finish watching this thing. But, you know, we already lost our money. So it it adds an element to it.
0: I get it. I totally get it. And look, like, obviously everyone loves their kids and mine are fantastic, but they have never been into anything I'm into. Like every weekend when kids like parents are watching uh, football with their kids they're going to football games with their kids. Like my kids are at the age now and a lot of my friends and their kids are at the age where they take them away for weekends. Like they'll go to Chicago for the weekend and they do a day at Wrigley, a day at Soldier Field. Like they're, you know, sports fans. My kids just like aren't into it, ironically, given what I've done with my life. Um, And so the fact he was into it, I kind of feel like I got to go all in. Because this is a great way, like, he and I are connecting on this. It's not anything that his brother's into. It's not anything that my wife is into. And so I want to encourage it only because it's fun and it's a great conversation. I'm a yeah. little worried that, like, when I was excited just because we both wanted France to win and they won, his first response was a very dry, unemotional, we won 50 bucks. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, how old is he?
0: 11. 11.
1: 11 okay my my sense on this it's it's okay right now, but if you see him coming home with a a bracket or a super Bowl chart where he's collecting money from his classmates running a pool, I think you got to start worrying.
0: What if I see him coming home and like <laughs> he's he's riding a tripped out scooter and is and is like drenched in gold chains <laughs>
1: Yeah, I definitely start to worry
0: because he's making book <laughs> in like junior high.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I get so I mean, you're looking at it from a father's point of view. I think there's a sense of pride that you've connected with him on something that you're into that he seems to have an interest on. So you're you're connecting on a father-son level where maybe you need to be just pay attention as to some of the the pitfalls that may come along with
0: that. I mean, I got to be on this guy like a hawk now.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'd start watching, you know? Yeah.
0: Like all of a sudden, like
1: if he comes know, home one, if he comes home one day and says, you know, I can't believe the Lakers are only laying two and a half against the Cavaliers. even though they have LeBron, then you need to start worrying.
0: Are you kidding me? I'm worried. He's going to be like, dad, I got a dime on Anthony to be tied. Like the, foot. First- <laughs> after school today
1: (laughs) yeah okay
0: that's what i'm worried about yep like all of a sudden he's betting bitcoin because like i can't (laughs) place
1: that would be funny yeah
0: um so i'm excited about today's game obviously we're recording this before the game it'll be out after and so everyone will know at this point whether or not uh the millman kitty has increased and if uh my boy is now all of a sudden just like on a hot streak that I've never been on in my life. And if he is turning into a full-on degenerate gambler that I have uh, influenced and now sent him down a path to destruction, or if we're going to find a way to
1: control. This. Right. This Hell is a yep. never
0: ending narrative. This could keep people glued to the podcast for the next generation.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah. At least, at least for the next few years. I'm curious myself now. I want to. Where just, will Owen Milton
0: end up? Will Owen <laughs> end up like? living in a in a, in one of those special cottages, like mm-hmm. a luxe villa at the Bellagio? Or is he going to end up behind bars because he owes a few too many <laughs> people too much money?
1: You don't want him owing. Ha, ha, ha. Oh,
0: my God. Here's what's frightening. is I tweeted out that little exchange this morning um, between me and him, I'm getting so many likes on this, which makes me think that basically my followers are just massive degenerates who don't see the downside to this at all.
1: Right. <laughs> yep. You know? uh,
0: so I Just would like say the- that I'm a little worried about this. When did, when did your father introduce you to betting?
1: Uh, yeah, as as far back as I can remember. I mean, I remember going to racetracks uh, from my earliest memories. I mean, I, the, the smell of cigar smoke and kind of stale tickets on the floor of a racetrack It's kind of ingrained in my, in my memory, (laughs) even from before I could, I could probably even walk. Maybe, um, I remember going to any, any place we went on vacation, you know, like we'd go up to Boston from, from New Jersey, or we'd go down to Virginia, we would find the local racetrack and we'd make that part of the, uh, part, part of the trip. Uh, so I remember, I remember parlay card tickets in some form, you know, in grade school, um, I remember the first bet that I made actually was the, the ninth. And I was a sucker when I was you know nine years old. But I, I made a bet on the uh, Yankees to beat the uh, Cincinnati Reds in the 1976 World Series. And uh, <laughs> I went down in flames as they lost four straight. But uh, but but yeah. Who did uh, you bet? I bet the Yankees, of course, I was. No, living no, no. In the,
0: who who did you make the bet with?
1: Oh, oh no! It was some some older kid in school that was kind of a local school bookie. He was he was taking bets, and there was lots of Yankee fans. So this kid uh, had a little bit of knowledge and knew that he could get a lot of people betting the Yankees. And I want to say it was a probably even money bet that I that I took, and I probably should have been getting like three to one.
0: Scooch, there's nothing about this story that makes me feel good. This is like <laughs> this is the exact path. That I'm worried. I just sent my kid down. He's gonna be the guy. He's gonna be like, there's like the the bookie in school who's taking advantage of all the kids in Central Connecticut who he knows are gonna bet like nothing but Patriots and Red Sox. So he's going <laughs> of like, you know, figure the odds in his yeah. favor. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, that could be. Uh, that's why uh, I'm a little interested myself now. Didn't didn't know uh, he had it in him. Neither did I. It's all brand new. Yep.
0: Can't wait for the finals. (laughs) I'm going to double my units on the finals. (laughs) That's funny. Based on what this kid has going. Um, Right. All right. So you think it'll be okay. Uh, You think I just, it's now one more. It's honestly, I've created a problem for myself as a parent. It's One more thing I got to manage. One more thing I got to look out for. One more thing I got to be thinking about. One more thing my wife and I have to discuss. It's like, just put it on the checklist of like signals to look for.
1: Exactly. I've got the pamphlets on responsible gaming here in Nevada that we, you know, we hand out. So I can send those to you. You'll have those on hand, you know.
0: Oh, my (laughs) God. We are in serious trouble. Uh, When did you start booking Summer League? I'm going to have Tom Tolbert on uh, in the second half of the show. And I want to talk to him about summer league just because that was something that didn't even exist when he was playing in the NBA. But as a player and as a better, I think he's going to have a really interesting take on the value and joy of betting summer league. When did you start taking book on summer league, making book on summer league? Uh,
1: Well, we started, uh, you know, just a couple of years ago, booking certain games, ones that we thought that would just have more interest. And we didn't, and we didn't have totals on them, so they were kind of just like uh, spotty. We, we, we didn't book it in full the way we do now. Now it's just part of the regular, just like it, it would be regular season stuff, booking every game, every total. Um, so really, uh, this, I would say last year in, in almost in full force and this year in full force.
0: That is insane how much you are booking summer league. How do you make yeah. lines on it? Like, what are you, what are you thinking about for it?
1: Uh, honestly, it's, it's almost like, like throwing darts, you know, but, but fortunately we don't see a whole lot of uh, sharp action in this. So it, it's okay if we're, if we're far off. I mean, to me, it's, it's almost like the WNBA where we're, we're really have some soft lines in the WNBA. You know, we just really can't, can't get a grasp on this and and the wise guys pick us apart on it and pick their spots uh you know obviously the the advantage they have is to pick their the games that they want to bet big on and you know we're putting lines on every game and we know that they're not real strong solid lines so uh we'll we'll just monitor it as long as we're not getting a whole lot of sharp action in in the summer league uh we'll just kind of roll the dice even with some soft lines
0: why can't you figure out the wnba
1: boy it's just it's tough i mean the when I say we can't figure it out, understand if we're right 90% of the time, that you know you, we've got it figured out. Okay, if we got 10 games on the board and we've got nine solid lines and one bad line, we still lose for the day because we lose on that one game. So it's not that we can't figure out the whole league. It's just too many instances of one or two games where we have a soft enough line and and we don't take a whole lot of, I mean, we have some pretty low limits and everything, but, but still it's just consistent. And and particularly with the over-unders, I mean, that, that's really where, uh, where we find ourselves in trouble.
0: What are your limits on WNBA?
1: Like 2000 on the sides, thousand on the totals.
0: What are your limits on summer league? Uh,
1: About the same (laughs) 2000 on the sides, thousand on the totals.
0: And are you doing any uh, in game for Summer League, in game for WNBA?
1: Oh my God, you're killing me. Real like we don't have enough work? Seriously?
0: <laughs> Listen, Scooch, the world's changing, man. Okay, we got 11 year olds out there who are studying bankroll management and are like figuring out the best way to make units on the World Cup. Okay? Uh, you got to be ready to serve an audience.
1: Yeah. Well, we're working on automation, so that's going to have to be something that if we can if we can get that automated, uh, we'll we'll do that in game.
0: Basically, what you're saying is you're working on getting yourself right out of a job, automating <laughs> yourself. <laughs> right yeah, exactly. That's what it. That's ro- what it ro- sounds like to me.
1: Robot scooch. <laughs> Android scooch. Robo scooch. Robo scoops, I love there that.
0: you go. Oh, my God. <laughs> they you for the will do nothing but sit in your house, smoke your cigars, and, like, go to the country club on the lake. That's yeah. what it'll be.
1: Yep, exactly.
0: Travel around in the boy private jet to all the other places, like Mississippi and God knows where, making sure that <laughs> all your minions are doing their job and working really hard.
1: Ah. Uh, well, I wish it was always on the private plane. Well, we, a couple – a few weeks ago, we had to take a, a couple of small planes to jump back and forth between locations that were about three or four hours apart. And I'm down there on the runway in Mississippi. And it was about 100 degrees, and we're walking to the plane, and I just see the plane in the middle of the runway, and I know it's smoking hot. So I'm asking the pilot, I was like, how hot is it going to be in that plane? He says, yeah, it's, it's going to be pretty warm. And the flight we were taking was about an hour, and I said, uh, Do you have air conditioning on that thing? He said, he said Yeah, but it's going to take a little while to, to cool down. And I, I said, How long is a while? He said, About 45 minutes. Oh. <laughs> so, so I am on this stiflingly hot plane. Oh, man. And then, you know, got the suit and tie on and everything. It, so it's not always comfortable, my man.
0: I am so tired of you complaining about your high class problems. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I am going to definitely transition into one more topic uh, that I'm also tired of, uh, which is bookmakers just flat out taking advantage of betters by posting season win totals on the Lakers that are over 50 games. You should Have you posted season win totals on the Lakers yet? No, no. You're going to post over 50, yeah. though,
1: aren't you? Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: You should be ashamed of yourself. Because why? Because that is so inflated. It's disgusting.
1: Inflated?
0: Yeah. They're not going to win 50
1: games. Well, see here, the premise of what we do is not to predict how the outcome of the actual match. It's to predict where the money's going to come. So where do you think the money's going
0: to come? The money's going to come on the over. But... I think you are you are taking advantage of the public by setting it at fifty two, fifty three, instead of setting it at like forty nine.
1: Well, it's like me betting the Yankees and getting even money when I should have gotten three to one.
0: I might have to. I might have to have Owen Milman come out there, and, you know, <laughs> break the kneecaps.
1: <laughs> we we have gotten more money on the Lakers, obviously now that. Uh, you know, with LeBron, I mean that that line. We're they're down to four to one now in the futures. You think that's too low or too high?
0: I mean, I think it's I think it's preposterously low because there's no way. I mean, look, you can, you set the line based on where the money is, and so you've gotten a ton of money on them, so you've had to move them down because of your liability. But I think the like the true number on the Lakers should probably be closer to ten to fifteen, not four to one. But you probably moved them to what six to one when LeBron signed
1: we oh yeah we moved no we moved him down to uh four nine to two when he signed and okay. we still got more action drove him down to four to one but we went from we went down to from down to 15 to one 12 to one just on the rumors when it when it, he was it was between like the Rockets and the Lakers so we lowered both the Rockets And the Lakers just on the speculation that he might end up on one of those two teams. So the value was already gone on both those teams early on. And uh so uh, we just moved moved with the money since then.
0: Who do you think has the most value right now?
1: Um maybe the uh I mean maybe the Sixers or the Celtics. I agree. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. What do you add on those teams? Uh, 15
0: to one, 12 to one. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, look, those teams are both going to be really good. Uh, there's not going to be a ton of competition in the East. The West is going to be crazy. I also feel like, um, the odds on Kyrie or Joel Embiid to win, uh, NBA MVP. Great, great value there. They're probably both in the 15 to 20 to one range And, um, they're both going to have dominant seasons as long as they're healthy, their teams are going to go deep into the playoffs. If not the finals, Kyrie is going to have the ball in his hands. He's going to be pissed and he's going to feel like the Eastern conference is mine. I mean, he, he could, he could blow up this year and do a Russell Westbrook, like, you know, 20 and 10 kind of guy, 20 points, 10 assists. Yep.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, it's an Owen everything. Millman special yes. right there. <laughs> you know, pretty soon he's going to be glued to the TV, watching basketball next, everything.
0: Oh, my God. He's going to be like, <laughs> Dad, Dad, I got a nickel. I got a nickel on Kyrie over 25 and 12 tonight. <laughs>
1: That's hilarious. Yeah. Except it's
0: going to be an actual nickel. It's not going to be $500. Right. It's just be a At least you hope it will.
1: Uh,
0: yeah. I don't really I, know that there's anything to come back from that.
1: No, no, that's it.
0: <laughs> I've shut myself into a full-on depression at this point.
1: <laughs> you can't think. You're just not now you're just like your mind's just like spinning with, you know, the next few years and 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 his and his betting habits.
0: Well, I'm just so torn because it could bring us so much closer but it could also tear us apart. <laughs>
1: I you know, I just keep thinking I, I love this cartoon. I wish I knew who who did it, and I saw it many years ago. There's a father, and he's got his hand on his son's shoulder pads. His son is, like, in, in football pads, and he's got his helmet in his hand, and he's all dejected. And then the caption reads, the father talking to the son. He said, son, it's not whether you win or lose that's important. It's whether you cover the spread. <laughs> 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 so I I always hearken back. I always picture that comic strip anytime I <laughs> uh
0: yes, I think um <sighs> I feel like I've pulled my kid into the mafia. <laughs> and wow. I don't know how to get him out. Yeah. <laughs> but he wanted to be there. Yeah. All right, Scooch. Listen, i got to get Tom Tolbert on the phone. All Uh, right. I think we've covered it all. We've covered whether or not my son is uh, degenerate. We've covered um, Summer League. We've covered why you can't uh, win at the NBA from a bookmaking perspective. And we've covered the Lakers, LeBron, and NBA Futures. That is a full podcast for your your homecoming. Have you become bookmaker to the world yet, by the way?
1: I'm I'm working on it. I'm, I'm working on it. Well, it's a slow it's a slow process, but, you know, either me or Robo Scooch, one of us will get it
0: between the two of you. You guys are going to nail it. (laughs) Exactly. All right, Scooch. Thanks, man. Talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right. Next up on the Buffet podcast, one of my favorite people, friend of the podcast, one of my favorite guests, longtime NBA superstar, one of the best players in the history of Arizona basketball host of his own afternoon radio talk show on KNBR in San Francisco, Mr. Tom
2: Tolbert.
0: How are you, buddy?
2: Chad, what's going on? You must be uh, – did you wake up on the hyperbole side of the bed this morning?
0: No, no, no. This is how I think of you. I think of you as uh, <laughs> as easily – Go back and
2: watch some tapes.
0: <laughs> the, the best – the recruit who turned the University of Arizona basketball program around, and then the guy <laughs> who came in and really – um, was the engine that ran the Warriors uh, in the early 90s during, like, the Mitch Richmond, Chris Mullen, uh, Tim Hardaway days. Like, without you— Yeah, revol-
2: revolutionized is, I think, the word you're looking for.
0: I don't know that, like, to me, the offense and the defense were both pivoting around your hard-nosed play. And without yeah, you, yeah. That, that era doesn't exist.
2: Yeah, our offense and the other team's offense.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's how I see it.
2: <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm I'm glad you had uh, some really really good alcohol back in the day. How do you remember it? Uh not quite that uh, well, I mean, look, I'm proud of what I was able to accomplish. I mean, I I think that I was uh I don't want to say I was the missing piece, but I want to say I was one of the key pieces when I came into the junior college transfer to Arizona and helped us get to the the final four and I think we were number 1 most of the year that year. So yeah, I mean, I think I played a pivotal role uh in that and as far as my nba career look i played seven years and i played three with the warriors and i bounced around a little bit but you know i'm proud of that as well I mean, you look at the the population and how many people get to play professional sports in the world and it's a minuscule minuscule number so you know while you know i, I look at it and there was i had some games that were fun and you know that I look back and remember i had 27 against david robinson in the spurs and 24 against. Elijah won the Rockets and some, you know, I had some games that were like really, if I could like do that every game, I would have been, I would, then I would have been unbelievable. I couldn't do that every game, but uh, no, to play in, uh, to play in a professional sports league. Yeah. I mean, it takes a lot of work and a lot of help and yeah, I'm proud of that. I mean, not a lot of people get to do it and I get to do it. Now I get to do a uh, sports suck radio show. Basically, I've been stealing money for about 30 years now.
0: You have been stealing money and then giving it away to bookmakers for so freaking long. It like,
2: doesn't it? God, they
0: love me. It's unbelievable. But, you know, you're <laughs> right about this, the professional sports. Like, um, I've had this conversation with a lot of people and, you know, I like I, I can only put it in the context of me at the center of the universe. So, like, hmm. I played high school basketball and then I moved to New York and I'm playing in a basketball game with guys who played uh, in college at the D3 level the D1 level, and then a guy who used to work at ESPN the Magazine with me named Alan Grant who played in the NFL for five years. He went to Stanford, he actually played for the Niners. You might remember him. Okay, Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, he, uh and he would play. And like the level of difference between like, you know, schmoes like me who played in high school and even a D3 player in college was ginormous. Like they were just so much better in every single way. And the level between the D3 and the D1 guy was ridiculous. And then there was a guy like Alan Grant, who's just a phenomenal athlete and played at a professional level. It wasn't even the sport that he played in. You just see, like, everything moves faster. Everything moves more fluid. Everything is easier. To get to that level, even if you are like end up being the scrub at that level, you're still going to be better than, say, how many people have played in the history of the NBA? I don't know, 5,000, 10,000? I have no idea. But you're still going to be better than like 99.5% of the people who've attempted to play basketball in their life, in the history no, of the Absolutely.
2: I know. It's incredible. And that's why I always, and look, I use the term as well, like this guy sucks or what's he doing or this guy doesn't, or you know, I'd scrub, whatever, something like that. But I always use those terms as a relative term, like you're a scrub compared to everyone else in the league or you're a guy that shouldn't be on the court compared to everyone else in the league and i think fans sometimes just get well so fanatical they they they, you know that guy sucks or this guy like get him out of here they don't realize like how good everyone is that plays professional sport they don't realize how good you are like the worst guy as you said is so much better than just about everyone else. I won't say so much better than everybody else, because there are guys that like just miss the cut somehow. Maybe they they aren't in the right system, or they don't have the right support staff, and they don't quite make it. So there, I mean, there's there's some fringe people that are talented enough to play in professional sports, but for the most part, people have no idea. They just don't have any idea. I always wish that people could could stand in a batter's box with the Roldus Chapman throwing the ball and just hold the bat. Don't even swing it. Just throw it and let him throw it and just see how tough that is to hit a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. I mean, you can can barely see it. Yeah, we'll sit there and yell at a guy, you know, for not getting the guy home from third base with less than two outs, and Chapman throws a ball right down the middle. Like, how could you not hit that? Well, dude, it's going 100 miles an hour. Now, expectations are different because you're a professional athlete, but still. I mean, it, you watch it on TV and it all becomes so easy. How could you not see that open guy cutting? How could you not hit that shot? How could you not hit that guy wide open in the flat? If people don't understand like how quick things move. And the greatest ones that play, or they have the ability to slow the game. It just all slows down for them because of their work ethic and their natural ability and just their intelligence. The game slows down. And when I had my good games and I had good, you know, I'd good stretches when I was playing, uh, the game was slow. You know, you just need the play was there. You knew it. You caught the ball. Should I shoot it? Should I pass it? If I pass it, would I pass it to? Should I dribble it, then pass it, then shoot it? I mean, everything just kind of like laid out before you like, okay, this is easy. And then when you're struggling, whew, it's like playing in a tornado. I mean, things are just whizzing by you and it's like, you it seem like you make the wrong decision every single time and you're you're, you're questioning yourself and it's just... It can be a mess, and great players don't deal with that very often. But the, for a lot of us out there that played, boy, that game, when it speeds up, you just want to hit the brakes and get off the ride. Who
0: was the best athlete you played with?
2: Kenny Lofton. Kenny Lofton. He was a, Kenny Lofton, best athlete I played with. He was our point guard for, at Arizona, the center fielder. And then he, he played, the played a long time, time in the
0: major leagues, played for the Indians yeah, for uh-huh, a long time. I think it was,
2: yeah, I think it was fifteen years and then he played for the were, he was here with the Giants when they I think they went to the World Series when he was when Kenny was here. Yeah, he was. He was uh he was here. Uh yeah, just a phenomenal athlete. This is a guy that did didn't play baseball at all in college until like the very end of his career, then showed up, played, and got drafted, and made it to the major leagues. <laughs> I mean it was like and Chris like baseball's not that easy. I mean none of it is, but she's – it did not swing a bat and do all that. But look, in the NBA they're a great athlete. Shaq was an incredible athlete for a guy his size. People forget, I played with him his rookie year in Orlando. He was like seven one three ten. Like, he was long. He wasn't just big. He was long. God, the things that he could do and the power uh, and the agility was just mind-bending. It's like, there's no way a guy that big should be able to do what, what this guy's doing. But, you know, LeBron, I've never played against LeBron, but just watching him, it's like incredible watching this guy do what do what he does so i mean yeah i mean the nba man i could just go and go right down the you know the mitch richmond great athlete obviously i played against jordan great athlete but nba guys are incredible i think i mean a lot of guys will say it in their chosen sport these guys are the best athletes in the world but boy i don't see how you couldn't say nba athletes are just the best athletes in the world the most of them are six seven six eight two twenty two thirty can run like the wind can jump or super quick hand-eye coordination i mean yeah it's, it's it's pretty incredible what some of those guys can do.
0: Well, I always remember this story. Like sometimes the best athlete isn't the guy who's playing the most, right? And so there's Correct. a story I heard about, forget what it was from, but Chris Weber and Juwan Howard were playing on the Wizards or Bullets at the time with Calbert Chaney. You know, I mm-hmm. went to IU and like the Fab Five and IU had that rivalry when I was there in the early 90s. And um, Calbert Chaney obviously was an All-American. And so they all were playing together at that point. Cal was playing a little bit less than everybody else. And I heard through like people I'm connected to in sports and whatever, that Juwan Howard and Chris Webber would talk about how Calper Cheney was the greatest athlete they've ever seen. And he was barely getting on the floor, but Mm -hmm. like the things he could do with the ball and practice and like, you know, for whatever reason he wasn't playing as much, but like, were there guys in the warriors who were just ridiculously good athletes, better than Mitch Richmond, better than Tim Hardaway um, who just never got playing time, but were such good athletes.
2: Man, I'm trying to think of somebody. I know Timmy Hardaway, our point guard back with the the Warriors, used to say about those people, like the guys that could really jump and they were explosive. <laughs> he goes, he goes, they could get up, but they can't get down. <laughs> well, you know what? Found, That's interesting, right? hilarious. The,
0: the things that I want to talk about, I, I, there are two very specific things I want to talk about. And we talked a little bit about – I talked about this with Scooch, the bookmaker, in the first mm-hmm. part of the podcast. And you and I talked a little bit about this before we came on is Summer League, and Summer League Mm -hmm. has taken over the sports conversation outside of the World Cup, and, you know, the NBA has just done a phenomenal job of, like, there's the draft, then there's free agency, and it's Summer League, and, like, all of that sort of comes together to keep the promise of what the next season in the NBA is going to be alive, Mm -hmm. and it gets people really excited to see sort of how Trey Young is going to do, how Marvin Bagley is going to do, you know, what these these new players are going to be on their teams, and people get excited about these glorified scrimmages. And you can bet on it now. And like to see some of these guys develop the idea that they can get up and they can't get down. What's your take on summer league? What's your take on summer league as a development tool? And then what is your take on summer league as something to bet on?
2: Well, look, I played in two summer leagues when I was uh, with the Warriors. Or was it one? Not one summer. I was supposed to play another one. I got hurt. But we played in the uh, Utah. I think it was called the Salt Lake City Review. And let's put it this way. There wasn't nearly as many people there as there is in Vegas right now. And it wasn't something that other NBA guys uh, came and hung out and watched. They weren't sitting, your teammates weren't sitting on the sidelines in Salt Lake and ready to watch you play a summer league game. You went out there because you wanted to get better. You went out there because your coach asked you to. Uh, So I went out there and actually uh, popped. Uh Coach Popovich was my coach out in uh, Summer League, which was uh, t- pretty cool. I, I wish I would have had a chance to play for him more than just the Summer League, but it was pretty cool playing for him in Summer League. Mattrell Spreewell was on the team. I think he was a rookie that year, but it was just something you did. I mean, it wasn't something you like, like, oh, I can't wait to go to Salt Lake. Now it's in Vegas, and Vegas is a different animal than than salt lake but look i think people are on crack i really do i I think there's a crack epidemic in vegas and people are smoking it all and going to summer league games and paying paying from what i hear 20 25 to go to a summer league game and those things are full it's summer league They couldn't pick those dudes out of a lineup. They could, they're in their backyard. They couldn't say, Hey, that's the power forward for the the, the Celtics. Couldn't do it. They have no idea who these guys are. They know who Trey Young is. They know who Bagley is. They know who the top picks are. There's like 10 guys on each roster. You have no idea who these guys are. Yet they're in, and they're in Vegas. Let me repeat. They're in Vegas, all right? If you were, like, in South Dakota somewhere, and it was like, what are we going to do? I don't know. We can go watch the Bulls run around, or we can go watch a summer league game. Okay, I'll go watch a summer league game. I'm in Vegas. I got a casino. I have a pool. I have golf. I have all sorts of stuff going on, and yet I'm going to go inside a gym and watch guys that I have no idea who they are, sweat, running up and down a court. Absolutely not. Under no circumstances. When I when I used to broadcast for the Warriors, they're like, "Hey, you want to go to Summer League and do some shows from there?" I'm like, are "You high? You, you want me to go to Summer League? I'm, no, I'm not going to Summer League. It's so it's Summer League. Like, I, it's the fact that it's this big deal now is just mind boggling, and the fact that people are betting on this stuff." Is mind-boggling because look, I, I'm I'll bet on just about anything, but I got to know what's going on. But I mean, I'm not going to sit here. I to, to, to know what's going on, I have to watch Summer League. Not a chance in hell I'm watching Summer League. So there's not a chance in hell I'm betting Summer League. And how in the hell do you bet this stuff anyway? Like I get other things, how you bet them. Uh, I know there's trends that go along with it, but so yeah, betting hasn't been that around that long in Summer League for me to take those. Seriously, because mostly trends are what has happened. It doesn't portend what's going to happen. It can help you, but if you just use that as a tool, I mean, you're sunk. So I have no interest in betting on the magic plus two over the Celtics in a summer league game when some dude's name I can't even pronounce misses a jumper at the end of the game and costs me a couple hundred bucks. No thanks. I'll take my 200 and go to the blackjack table. Once again, I'm in Vegas.
0: This is a great Summer League rant. You've like poured such cold water on the concept of like everybody in the world being so excited about (laughs) Summer League and the fact you can now bet on Summer League and that we at the Action Network are writing dozens of stories about betting trends. Well,
2: you're on crack (laughs) too. You're on crack too. And whoever writes those articles is on crack. (laughs) <laughs> but why
0: why is it different than the WNBA? I've been on your show. We've talked about like betting on the WNBA. Yes. Why is it any different? You're not doing any more research when you're betting on the WNBA than you're doing it on Summer League. And chances are you have probably watched more of the players in Summer League throughout their career than you have anybody playing in the WNBA.
2: Well, no, no, no. I'd say I don't think that's true. I think with the WNBA, you have uh, women that have been on the same team for a number of years. You have you can have team trends throughout the course of a season the season is longer it's not this summer league i mean and then let's put it this way i mean who knows what these guys are doing the night before a summer league game like really i'm going to put my hard-earned money on some guy who may have been out in the casino till three o'clock in the morning Drinking vodka rocks. I mean, I I'm I mean, gonna bet on that dude, and he come out there sweating bullets, hungover. It's like, no, I don't think so. So, but with the WNBA, I think it's more. I mean, look, it's a league. It's been around. These girls, the you know, women, have been around from year to year. You can say, okay, this is what they did last year. This is what they they've added. And I mean, I think you can make a reasonable assumption as to how they're going to play. Do they play fast? Do they play so slow? Is their coach the same? Did they change coaches? There's all sorts of different things you can look at with summer league. It's a bunch of dudes thrown together. uh, I I won't say randomly because teams, you know, they choose who they want on their summer league team. But the next year, it's a completely different batch of guys. And you don't know what guys are out there for. I mean, some guys may be out there just to ball out and get their 25, 30 points because they don't have a contract and they want to impress someone. Some guys already have contracts with that team, so they're going to listen to the coach, play with structure, instructor, maybe a little bit more, run some plays. I just, so I don't know what's going on with those guys, and they're only there for a couple weeks. So I just see yeah, that that I have no interest in whatsoever.
0: Some guys want to get up, and some guys are trying to prove they can get down.
2: <laughs> and some guys want to bet on summer league.
0: Some guys, some guys just want to bet on the guys trying to prove they can get down in summer league. good luck. Do you even see see Summer League, like, you know, speaking of is like a good way to see player potential. People are freaking out. Like the first three games, Trey Young was horrible, and there were stories about it. I'm like, this is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen. Like, you guys played three games of exhibition.
2: Everybody calm down. Everyone take a deep breath. It's not a precursor to to what's to come. It's not. They're not playing with NBA. All those guys are not NBA caliber players. So you're going to play better when you're playing with NBA caliber players. And I just again, you don't know what the coach wants from a guy. You don't know what he's asking them to do. Some guys maybe feel a little bit more pressure because they're drafted high and they feel like they have to go to Vegas and 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 get after it. And I, I again, I, I pay zero attention to that stuff. I, I even if I watch those games, which I mean really, you would have to frickin' duct tape me to my couch, hide my remote and put toothpicks in my eyelids to get me to watch summer league basketball. But if you did that and I was watching summer league basketball, I still would come away thinking, I don't care. I don't care what those guys did. And I might try to like, look at somebody and go, oh, I like his athleticism or I like that guy's stroke, whether he makes it or not. I have no idea. Or I like his defensive anticipation, uh, stuff like that. But I'm not going to draw any sweeping conclusions about a player after two or three or four summer league games, or even the whole summer league. It's just, it's absurd. But we know how the machine works. I mean, you got to have pages, you got to have clicks, and you want people to, to click on an article. Trey Young really stinks, and this is, and you're like, well, I got to find out why. Let me click on it. And you're like, well, that was stupid. Let me move on. Uh, so that's just the that's that's where the world works now. Uh, I, I, I think people, I think they get it. I'm not sure, but anybody that would take an article. Proclaiming someone a bust after a week of Summer League is just, yeah, you're on crack too.
0: Don't, listen, don't pull back the curtain on my business because then I got nothing left. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I'm always here for you. <laughs> Tom Tolbert, bringing the Action Network down one word at a time. <laughs> All
2: right, here's Did another not question. Say that. I, love, I love your World <laughs> Cup betting previews, those are fine.
0: Yeah, exactly. Here's something else I talked about with Scooch. You are a father. You have grown children. You are a fan of sports, and you have been a better for a long time. During mm-hmm. the World Cup, my 11 year old son and I um, have been bonding over this. And uh, the other day, we were gonna we we're talking about France and Belgium, and uh, I said to him, uh, "You want to bet on it?" And he goes, "Sure." I'm like, "All right, how much?" He goes, "I don't know, 50 bucks." I'm like, "All right." So I log into my you know sports betting app, and I put down 50 bucks on the game and the next day I'm at work and he's at home and we're texting during the game and we're watching and we're excited. And when it's over, I send him a text like, woohoo, we win. Fantastic. And all he does is text me back and say, we won 50 bucks. And so the next day this morning, and I tweeted this as well, um, I'm talking to him on the phone and I'm like, Hey, England, Croatia today. What do you think? And he goes, well, I kind of like England, but Croatia beat the rigged Russians and so that scares me. I'm like, do you want to bet it? And he goes, "Well, let's bet less today." I'm like, the guy's a bankroll savant. He know he knows like instinctively what to do here. Am I corrupting my kid? Have I sent him down the path of destruction and no return?
2: You you are such a loser. You really are. <laughs> He's freaking eleven. Does your wife know this? I'm not sure. Fortunately, she doesn't follow me on Twitter.
0: She she thinks like Twitter and Instagram are the stupidest things in the world.
2: (laughs) She's right, by the way. She feels Uh, the way
0: about Twitter and Instagram that you do about summer league. Yeah, there you go. Why the fuck would anyone do these things? Uh, All
2: right, two things here. One, uh, that's a sore subject with me because I had Belgium. So I wasn't happy with the outcome. <laughs> not only did I have Belgium, I had Belgium uh, winning the World Cup. That was my future's bet. So I was not super pumped. I uh, I took ballots. So Belgium got me through, just to digress a minute. Belgium got me through the World Cup because I didn't feel like betting a whole bunch of individual games and stuff and doing research and trying to figure all this stuff out. Basically, I just asked my son because my son Walker is the one that follows the, uh, the Premier League. So I said, okay, I'm going with Belgium because I can pick two players out of the lineup. I know who Lukaku and De Bruyne were, and I like their beer. So I go, good Belgium beer, two players, let's go with Belgium. So I took Belgium to win the group, which they did, uh, even though they were trying not to, and now I wish they wouldn't have. Uh, I took them to get to the quarterfinals, which they did, and then I took them to get to the finals and win it. So I ended up breaking even. So I won my first two, even though I'd laid juice and then the next two i had uh, to get to the finals at four to one so i had him at plus 400 against france so i was feeling pretty good until they lost and then i wasn't feeling good and then i had him at like nine to one to win the uh the tourney so yeah that i wasn't uh super pumped about that but th- 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 as far as you and your son wait the worst thing that could have happened to him worst thing was that france won the best thing would have been if Belgium would have won like 5 nothing, and he would have been crushed and you would have lost 50 bucks and it would have been over and he'd go, well, this sucks. And you would have said, see, son, look, at how many hours does it take you to earn those $50 that you just blew? Do you want to do that again? It would have been over for him. Now, if he can build a career on it like you, fantastic. We talked about how many players make the NBA, professional sports. Not many. How many players make money wagering? Even less. A lot less, I would assume. So him winning his first bet is not ideal. Trust me on that one. And no, would I advocate for my son to gamble? Absolutely not. All right.
0: So to be clear, um, I'm a loser who has set my path down, uh, my son down a path for complete destruction, (laughs) and I should not be doing clickbait stories about Summer League, and I might be in the wrong business entirely. I think this is what this is what.
2: I'm yeah, getting. I mean, I I think that I I, I think that encapsulate things pretty well. <laughs> All right, Tom Tolbert, you continue to be one of my favorite guests on the podcast.
0: Please please come back anytime.
2: Thanks for having me, Chad. All right, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> I'll see you, Chad. Bye.